This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I think you can hear it in my voice. I've got a little bit of optimism in me today. I've got a good feeling about 2024, or at the very least, I see its potential. There's been lots of talk about progress in the last few years. Perhaps this is the year of action. So what's on your wish list? Let's put together a workplace wish list with Kelly Braun Johnson. Kelly is the founder of Completely Inclusive. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Nice to talk to you. Happy New Year. Good morning, Dave. Happy New Year. Kelly, you spent some time last year talking about committees within the workplace that are committed to inclusion. How would you like to see corporate culture evolve around those committees in 2024? Yeah, I've been actually quite vocal uh, and public about it on LinkedIn, uh, about some of the embarrassing dissolution of uh, very important corporate and government committees. Um, Last year, for example, all the members of CN's Indigenous Advisory Committee mass resigned after two years of work. And then the instant that that was announced, which was very quiet, um, all of their info was taken off the website. And I I kind of was kind of shocked. It was just poof, they just disappeared. and then the technical committee uh, for the Accessibility Standards uh, Canada, which I know that you know people in that committee as well, that got disbanded at the end of last year and swallowed up under their AI committee. And for me, I kind of felt like I had wasted my time. Um, and there was a lot of disappointment in that. So what I would like to see happen in 2024 and beyond is just more respect for committees. So if companies and governments are going to have them, they should set a time frame. Like, for example, if it's only supposed to last for two years, let us know ahead of time. Um, tell us what the expectations are. Uh, tell us where our input is actually going to be used. Um, I don't want to see committees being created to just score optics points or because it's a kind of a knee-jerk reaction to something. Um, I want to see us and our time being used um, towards what I think committees should really be used for, right? Just to, to bring in that important input and that perspective. Kelly, as I read between the lines in that answer, I think there's also an element of continuity here, right? That it's not just a wasted effort or a wasted energy. It's that here are the ideas. What's the roadmap to implement these ideas? Or frankly, if you want to reject the ideas, you have to tell me explicitly that you're rejecting the idea. Yeah, and, and have have at least some of that dialogue, but this kind of just felt very one-sided. Um, and you know, even when people complained after the fact, um, again, I don't I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't really know what happens. So all the stuff that we contributed and everything that we spent our time on. Mm. Kelly, I want to make note of something and how appreciative I am of you being the first contributor columnist to join the show this year because you're based in Quebec you're based in Montreal January 2nd actually a statutory holiday in the province of Quebec I would like to see if I was to make a wish list here how about some more stat holidays and every company adopting January 2nd as a day off what do you think 
I mean, yeah, we have some interesting days off that we get, but then the rest of Canada doesn't get, and then there's some that the rest of Canada gets that we don't get. So I think kind of it does sort of balance out in the end. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give up Family Day in February. I like that stat holiday in February, <laughs> but I'm willing to give you. I'm willing to say, hey, Quebec, you should get that stat holiday in February too. Just more stat holidays all around, Kelly. I agree. We should take all of them, everybody. <laughs> and and that actually connects to one of the points that I want to talk about. If I was really thinking about my wish list this year, now maybe there's a bit of personal bias on this one, but work-life balance is something that I've been thinking about and wanting to strive towards. And I do think companies should be redoubling their efforts on that front. More stat holidays, more vacation time, personal days, paid sick leave from a general institutional and societal point of view. But I'd also love for workplaces to figure out more flexible work schedules, or dare I say, Kelly, the four-day work week. What do you think? So, yeah, I'm with you. I think let's be more like Europe. Um, we know it works because we can look to countries um, like England, Germany, Sweden, Italy. Um, they give ample vacation time, like in, I'm talking months of vacation time. Uh, and they're able to have a balance uh, with their businesses so that businesses really do actually shut down for that time. People do have to have like a mandated rest period, essentially. Um, and we know it works. I think a lot of the fear here in North America is, oh, well, you know, businesses have to keep running, we can't stop, um, and, and things like that. And I think that we can adopt the European model um, and, and kind of change the way that we think about how, how businesses should run. I think we could also do the four-day week, uh, four-day work week, um, and there's different ways to do that. Uh, again, people say that oh, we can't shut down, and things like that. I think that we can do something like a rotating uh, four-day work week in some cases of businesses that really can't stop. Um, so somebody takes Monday to Thursday, the next people take um, what was it, Tuesday to Saturday, that kind of thing, or you move the weekend over like to a Wednesday and a Thursday, and people can rotate those those days, right? Not everybody wants to have a Saturday, Sunday weekend necessarily either. Mm -hmm. um, so just bringing in that idea of flexibility, um, we see it sometimes some companies do Friday hours, uh, summer hours on Fridays, but everybody has to work an extra day, uh, sorry, an extra day, an extra, an extra hour um, from Monday to Thursday in order to be allowed to take the Friday afternoon off. And I don't think that's really fair. I don't think that mm. is the solution. I think we should just, if we're going to have Fridays off, just have Fridays off. Um, I don't know, Dave, what do you think? Well, I, I think part of it is looking at productivity in a new way. The productivity is not measured necessarily in widgets created anymore. But mm -hmm. Kelly, what I really appreciate about your answer there, the insight that you give, is you're talking about better staffing right? And staffing really matters in the way to execute something like that. Because something that I've observed, especially in the last, let's call it eight to 12 months, talking to people who I interact with in the service industry, but people in general public facing enterprise uh, overall, they're talking about a total lack 
of staffing and support within companies, like a total lack of freelancers or part-timers or really anybody to offer any kind of support to allow for an alleviated staffing. So something that I would actually like to see to maybe help folks with burnout and even service standards slipping is just having better staffing across industries. And of course, alongside that is comes with compensation. But 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 I think I think you understand what I'm kind of digging at there. It's not necessarily saying you need to hire 77,000 more full-time employees, but maybe understanding that there are some folks who might want a part-time job and they can be used to fill some of these gaps and compensate them properly and accordingly for the importance of that position. So, I mean, we kind of just lived through here in Quebec, we lived through a massive public sector strike, right? With 65,500 people um, who were, were negotiating uh, for fair pay and, and better conditions. Um, so we absolutely have issues when we're talking about compensation, we're talking about staffing. Um, and of course, you're going to have hard a hard time finding people to fill those particular roles um, when the conditions and the conversation are so bad that people feel that they have to strike. Um, so again, you know, the government shouldn't have have never have let it get this bad. This was obviously a crisis situation. Um, but if we want to see people taking these jobs and and we want to see that that change has to come very quickly. Um, and it's also important to note, I want to note, like, especially with uh, the strike that happened here in Quebec, the jobs that um, were the people that were striking and these kind of jobs, they were primarily um, jobs that are seen as women's jobs, women's work. Um, and so we're still not paying women um, fairly either. And if I could see that change in 2024, again, that's kind of a pipe dream, but um, that's kind of where I'd like to see some of the focus as well. We need to look at how we're compensating different people in different mm. aspects of our society. Um, and women is one of those. Better pay equity. I, I, am, I am not going to I'm not going to argue with that one uh, this morning, Kelly, especially when I shared some data in the first segment of the show. The Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives released their annual CEO report. Uh, the average CEO in Canada made uh, $14.9 million from the top 100 companies. Uh, those CEOs are going to out-earn the average worker by the end of today. So when I start thinking about pay equity, yeah. it certainly is about in understanding like diversity and equity, but also understanding like adequate compensation for people who are working their tails off in the working class right now. And 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 that mm -hmm. and that has been one of the the big missing pieces here. People can talk about raising minimum wage. I'm not just talking about minimum wage. I'm talking about broad-based understanding of 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 a huge swath of workers in the country. Mhm. Mm yeah, and, and 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 the way that we respect these jobs, the way that we we view these jobs um again, that's as a whole shift that that needs to happen. Kelly, anything else on your wish list heading into 2024? So again, if I could wish, uh, if I could wave a wand and, and see what happens, um, I would like to see some real investment in inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility. Um, I need to see companies seeing it as worthwhile. And, and the issue here, I think, is that especially the younger generations, Zen, Zen G, Gen Z and, and younger generations are, are really making choices about where they want to work. Um, and they are looking at companies' track record when it comes to these issues. And so things like justice and inclusion and social awareness. Um, so I think it this has to happen. Businesses have to start really putting the money and the investment at the time uh, in behind this if, if they want to kind of keep up. And like you said, keep attracting um, the workers having adequate staffing, 
they've got to adopt some sort of more cultural understanding and, and accessibility um, and, and just the aspects of inclusion and, and being flexible to, to what can, what can be. Um, and the other change I would like to see is um, businesses not just using the Accessible Canada Act as the pinnacle of what can be done for accessibility. Um, to me, that's really the foundation to start from. And if we're going to have legislation um, and guidelines on where businesses should be, um, somebody needs to be holding them accountable. Right now, mm. we don't really have much going on in terms of making sure that standards are being implemented. And so, again, we shouldn't just do right when people are watching, but right now, no one's actually watching really anyway. And so I want to see businesses kind of take that further and 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 do better. Kelly, this is a fantastic wish list heading into the year. Thank you for your insight. Looking forward to another great year of chats with you. Thank you so much, yeah. That's Kelly Braun Johnson, founder of Completely Inclusive, working on a statutory holiday in Quebec. So big thank you to Kelly for being part of that one. Coming up after the break, maybe you're not working today. Maybe you're off to do a little ice fishing. I get the impression that Lawrence Gunther might be doing that after he talks to you, offering up some tips how to ice fish accessibly. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.